Hello, beautiful human, and welcome to the Ryan Magic Show. I'm so pumped that you're here. And before I introduce this episode's guest, I want to encourage you to send me a message on Instagram. My handle is the Ryan Magic. In this episode, I have a really deep conversation with the beautiful Vanessa Florence on the topic of learning to flow in life by deeply surrendering to the feminine. Now, Vanessa's got a sick bio, so I'm going to read it out. She's a prolific and passionate writer, mentor, speaker, and artist known for her courage, rawness, and authenticity. Her work centralizes around the themes of power, intimacy, mental health, and creativity. She's a founder of Dancing Eros and co-founder of Celebrating Sexuality Festival, as well as as women's spoken word event, Mother Tongue. Her work continually breaks ground creates culture, awakens new level of consciousness, and opens others up to their true expression and power. With razor-sharp intuition, deep embodied wisdom, and a wild, passionate, unapologetic heart, her ultimate purpose is to share, express, and create, to awaken aliveness and inspire others to embrace and love all parts of themselves and live a deeply rich, devoted, soul-led life in in the right relationship with themselves, each other, and the world. <laughs> just just first and foremost, I've got a very sneaky suspicion that Vanessa wrote that, and she's a, she's a phenomenal writer, uh, and that is could not be more on point for for my uh, encounters with her. She's incredible, and we had such an awesome convo. What you're going to learn, there's a pretty solid list for this as well, because it was such an epic chat, is how the femininity archetypes work, the feminine archetypes, how to crack open your heart and lead from that place, how to hold yourself in deep vulnerability, how to surrender into life so that it becomes the education you've always dreamed of, how to accept the emotions, traits, and traumas that you're ignoring, how to identify the energies within, how to use space to find your gifts, the power of having a sense of clarity to our roles and the one true self, how to embody the feminine archetypes, how to build genuine intimacy, the psychological damage of experiencing fame on on all levels. What true courage looks like. And I wrote in my notes, it's not what you think. And it's definitely not. And how to stop controlling life. And there's a ton more as well. I actually, I actually deleted some of the points because the list was just so ridiculous. It's such an epic chat. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it and get some feedback on it as well because Vanessa's incredible. So without further ado, let's kick into the episode. So Welcome to the Raya Magic Show. I'm here with the absolutely gorgeous Vanessa Florence. Thank you so much for coming on today, Ness. It's lovely to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, we could go in so many different directions with this interview. <laughs> and we already kind of did half a podcast before we started it, going deep into the topics of everything, pretty much. <laughs> the universe totally. and life. Yeah. However, I would really love to this kind of feels like something that I really wanted to tick <laughs> to tick off it and to start with and then allow it to go from there because I really am interested and I've been wanting for ages to understand the feminine archetypes mm. more and I and I've never really found a res, a resource that that mm. makes sense to me that explains the, the feminine archetypes. Mm. Uh, so I would love for you to go through the feminine archetypes and, and give a little summary of what each of them mean. Because I know you're really leading into embodying embodying them at the moment. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the whole po- podcast basically, but I'll try to do a a, a very quick. You know, yeah, I understand. Just, just get the whole feminine done in like five minutes. You know, I want to figure out the fem. I want to solve the feminine. <laughs> like, and I guess that's what I first want to say in the sense of the journey of um of this work coming through with the archetypes is it, it actually didn't come from my own mind going, right, like where's that book and that resource for me to like then teach these archetypes to the world? Like actually, you know, the origin story was uh, me feeling called or inspired to offer um, like an erotic dance type journey with women. I wanted to dance with women. I wanted to like explore my own sexuality more. And mm-hmm. and then when I started like putting all the music together um, for the course, it was like really clear that there were these different frequencies of mm-hmm. um, eroticism or desire. And, and I was like, oh, there's like this soft kind of like, 
you know, energy that's still sexy, but it's much softer and more vulnerable. And there's like this kind of dark energy that's like wild and there's that kind of sexy. And then there's like this spiritual type sexy, like there were all these like flavors in the music. And from there I was like, okay, that put started sorting that out. And then had done a little bit of archetypal work, like through um, Carolyn Miss's work and Jung stuff. So I had like a sense of what archetypes were, which are, you know, these aspects of, of the psyche that exist inside of all human beings that are collective wisdom. Um, and I was like, oh, these are archetypes. Like these are archetypes. So, um, yeah, I just then uh, gave them names, you know. I gave these, this, these flavours of music names from what I kind of felt at the time and that was the beginning of the work and the beginning of my exploration of the feminine archetypes. It was, it was from like this listening and the allowing, you know, what is collective wisdom to like slowly reveal itself to me rather than like, you know, okay, yeah, no, 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 no. yeah. So, so I just wanted to voice that part because, it, yeah, it just feels important, you know, to know like, mm-hmm. yeah, where this journey. It's like I've been working with the energies for like eight years now, but it's been, wow. um, it's been quite deep and 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 an unfolding. And and actually, in those early days, there um there were only four energies that I was working with. And, and actually there were originally, I, I found four types of music and, and, uh, but the course I'd already booked and there was only space for three. So I was like, okay, I'll just choose these three. Just figure out what they were in a sec. And then that other one, I don't really understand that one. So like, we, we just want to do that one, this course, you know? Um, but this is the thing about archetypes as well as they're like frequencies that have their own, um, like their own consciousness in a way, you know, and, and we, we're ready to have our own personal initiation with them at certain times. And so I've had my own personal initiation from the archetypes in a way through my own um, feminine journey. And so the original three that were like the first ones um, that I begun journeying with, with the work were the maiden energy, which was that more really soft and the vibe like it's the quintessence that it's the little girl it's the longing it's the you know the, the maiden selves which is traditionally the young girl but that exists inside of everyone the pure feminine that's completely innocent you know innocent and free of armor and baggage and you know lets go of control and can surrender and be soft and yeah it's like she- a little girl kind of dancing through like a field of daisies kind of but that's the that's the <clears throat> No, <laughs> in the sense of because once we're older, that's the the original um, uh, the original aspect is that yes, but then as you grow old and you go through experiences, things happen, and so that original um, innocence, which is actually also very naive, you know, it doesn't know anything about the world. It's just like I trust everyone. I I'm just like yeah, yeah. It is the little girl you know, in the field with the daisies, but like true maiden energy from the sense of like a mature woman or, or man's expression or connection or respect of it is when you, that naivety is then goes through experiences of life that are like taint the original innocence and the naivety. And then there's like a descent that happens and armor comes up and things happen and that's unavoidable even if you were just living in the most amazing community without anything any any sexual billboards or any of that shit there would still be a point where that little girl in the daisies would have moments of ouch or that hurts or things happen or i graze my knee or whatever right Mm -hmm. um and obviously it's a lot worse in our society. Like what happens to maidens in our society is just like horrific, actually. Um, even on the, just the most subtle levels, like the violation of innocence that uh, is exists on our, on our planet today, um, feminine innocence and um, erotic innocence, just the over-sexualization or just the lack of sensitivity in our culture, 
um, around, you know, the level of sensitivity that all human beings have. Like where our nervous systems, like we are so sensitive and we live in this world where it's like fast-paced, you know, harden up or like, you know, here's this sexual billboard here. Like it's like, wow, there's like so much stimulation. So this like ability to stay open and innocent and um, soft and receptive is like just you're getting assaulted from just the whole birth experience. If you just from the assault on the innocence in our world is huge. And so then the restoration of the maiden is this process of reconnecting and letting ourselves feel the grief and the pain of like, whoa, like the ways the world's violated us, the way we violate ourselves in the sense of not staying soft or open, the ways we harden, the ways we push, like, you know, and then letting ourselves like feel all of the, the, the grief or the anger or whatever of that and then restoring and coming back to a level of um, innocence in the face of that, you know. It's like, okay, I'm willing to stay open in this and take care of myself and create a new world from that, Um but there's like a journey there that everyone has to go on. Everyone has to go on. It's like, you know, yeah. so it is on the fields, but it's like that's almost too simplistic in the sense of the, the depth that we have to go to to truly access that as adults. It's like, yeah. you know, to return to that innocence of like Disney princess eyes where you're just like, I trust life and my innocence is I'm safe in this innocence actually. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and yeah. I experienced it in my last relationship. Mm. My ex had a very strong maiden energy mm. and it, was ne- it, it wasn't respected by the world, yeah. me being a part of the world either. I just mm. kind of like originally at the start of the relationship kind of found it a bit triggering for me, probably because mm. of my own mother wounds, but mm. found it triggering. And I also noticed that I, I didn't respect sensitivity, my yeah. own sensitivity or the world's sensitivity. I yeah. wanted to control it or I didn't see the validity in her perceptiveness in yeah. situations that couldn't be articulated intellectually. Yeah. So if she was in a conversation, she's like, oh, I feel this or something and, and couldn't articulate it. I would just shut it off and deny mm-hmm. it. And that was that mm-hmm. in itself was abusive without mm-hmm. realizing it. And the whole <laughs> world was constantly doing that to her. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and most maidens, like I realized that sensitivity, emotion, uh, surrender is not really appreciated by society, and I, I'm since developed quite a soft spot for that idea. Totally, absolutely, it's so beautiful. Like, oh, I just the the beauty and the need for it, and um, yeah, our society is like like pretty much everything in our normal mainstream mainstream society is like anti maiden. <laughs> everything like everything that is it's huge it's huge (laughs) the last two days actually morning when i was at the park this little dude on his uh scooter wanted to go down a hill uh Mm. through a tunnel and Mm. and and the mum was like just wait for the man to pass meaning me and i was like no let him go and then she's like, I'm so sorry about this. And I was thinking, why would you be sorry for this kid playing on a, on a scooter? It was like it was an inconvenience. And then in the shops yesterday, this mom was chasing her son around. And he was like, ah, rah, and they were kind of playing. And then she noticed that I was kind of watching. And she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why are you apologizing? It's beautiful. Like I was enjoying, I was getting joy from watching and they assumed that I was judging or it was an inconvenience. And I was like, what the hell? It's it, well, because it's a very rare thing. Like we, it's just super rare. We're not, we're not experiencing it much. And then it's, yeah, it, there's, because it, it's so pure. It's just, it's so pure and foreign you know but so neat and there's like a hunger for it as well like there's this hunger that we don't even know i think is there you know we don't even know the hunger but then when it comes it can also be confronting because like what you said about your um ex-partner it's like it's like when it when we meet it 
then it shines on us where we're not in that. And where we, it's like, because anytime we're in any relationship, whatever that person is vibrating or expressing, it's, you know, that's how mirror neurons work, right? Like when I see you do something, so if I see you like throw a ball, if they put brain scans on your brain and my brain, my brain would look like I was throwing a ball as well. Wow. So amazing. This is a whole thing of empathy and, and, and ability to learn from each other in relating and, and how deep it goes. And so if I see you manifesting and expressing your innocence and your vulnerability and that just froze a little bit. Yeah. When I see you, you know, expressing your, your vulnerability and your innocence, then that will activate that same part in my brain and my being. And if I'm not comfortable with that part of myself, that's going to trigger me. It's going to start to hit on all the, all the barriers inside of me that are like, I don't, I don't express that. That's really fucking scary. That brings up all my trauma from this and this and this and this and this. So therefore I cannot receive you. I cannot meet you because in order to meet you, I would have to meet myself. Mm. You think you're smart enough to get proactive with it as well? Meaning that like, like the brain, do you think like a lot of people know that it's coming and that and their insecurities that don't want to meet that part of themselves can proactively dismiss it before they even have to yeah for sure absolutely because we're very good at like at at self-preservation you know and to 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 go to it to your traumas or your pains and have to do that work is it's it's you know it's a journey of descent so um and it's not easy in some way it's amazing and absolutely worth it when you can get through it and the bliss and the, and the joy and the true connection that you have on the other side of that and through that is so worth it. But you've got to feel some shit as well. And like, there's a lot of distraction going on in the world to just not have to feel our pain and our collective grief and our, you know, the, the ways we've hurt ourselves, each other, you know, I think knowing that knowing the self-preservation part makes mm. it easier to empathize knowing yeah. that, like, we're all driven for safety and, and a grown totally. man that's like telling his kids to shut up because he's trying to work. Oh. He's, he's actually feeling so like, if he was to feel those feelings that he's pushing down or, or dismissing, yeah. he'd feel so out of control. Because he can't, because the emotions are something that he's not used to being able to hold. And so for him, it'd just be like the absolute antithesis of feeling unsafe. Absolutely. And then, they, then, and there's just this recognition of everyone's always doing the best that they can with their, their capacity. You know, everyone always, always, even like the worst behavior, like that's actually the best they can do in that moment. I really, truly believe that's the best they can do with their resources, with what they feel is possible, with how much support they have, like with all their generational history, like we're always doing our best. Even when you just look at it, you're like, wow, that shit's fucked. It's like, and that's where they are and where we are and, you know. Yeah, get on with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just keep going and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That was a nice deep dive yeah. on the maiden. What were the yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. You know, we can go through all of them. We'll see how we go, but we probably won't hit all of them, to be honest. Because I, because that's the feminine way as well. As you don't, you know, it's it's not like let's smash through them. It's like each one is like an initiation in itself and has store. You learn through storytelling and the path, and there's just a different way of learning um, and receiving, which like is you know in the body and is a journey not just like the mind going okay yeah well i've got that okay i've got that <laughs> it's just like, yeah. so take off my lab coat and spectacles sitting on the end of my nose and put down the magnifying glass <laughs> look like there's also something really beautiful in that as well because that's the needed polarity do you know it is also this like that's the polarity dance in a way of the masculine and feminine i really feel that and um, it's needed as well, like the structuring and the like, okay, what, you know, how does that land and what's the point of that? Like that's, mm. 
you know, the penetration frequency is needed. Like if you think about sex, in order to have new life, you need to have a penetrative energy of the sperm and the penis and you need to have a vagina and eggs and mm. you can't have birth without that so like i mean so much um respect to to your masculine and the masculine frequency that wants to know and understand yeah. and structure it's just I um appreciate that yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful it's just like that learning that dance and that balance and like yeah. No, and it was only uh, I instantly realized after I uh made the intro and asked the question that the way in which I asked the question was masculine, yeah. <laughs> it to try to discover the feminine. And I also realized that that's why there isn't a clear book that just goes through the archetypes as simply as what the masculine archetypes have, yeah. Another form, yeah. It's interesting, and like I, st- I, I, I am working on you know the, the process of bringing a book into the world around the archetypes is something that I'm I'm working on but it's, it's such a deep like I have so much reverence for the process and mm. because it it feels like very sacred to me but my journey with the energies and the way I that they they want to be shared and the way I'm being guided it, it's it's quite a reverent process so um, and at the moment, I'm just working on writing the story of birthing the work into the world and how the archetypes came through. That's how I'm currently working with the writing is just rather than like step one to access, blah, 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 blah. It may come, but it's just where I am in the journey. And well, yeah, it's. It makes sense. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and I feel as though women will get a lot just talking through the that lens mm. of mm. of it helping women mm. women will get a lot of value from understanding the story because they'll be able to relate to so much of it mm. even the way that you explain the maiden mm. had a lot of depth behind it and women mm. will be like ah oh, far out i feel that whereas me from a man the reason i want to understand the archetypes is so yeah. that i can be like ah these are the different expressions that i can expect from uh, my <laughs> partner and 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 i want to be able to understand it so that I can better relate to it. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a dream. Yeah, right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because I have been really sitting with, yeah, the, the purpose of the work for men and women and where that is. And there is something so powerful about, like, a man also getting to experience his own um, sensitivities and his own wildness and his own, um, you know, pleasure and all of these things, like it, there's something so powerful in that, but there is like a difference I feel still that I'm like really landing into around just the, the actual biological makeup of our being, you know, that there is like a difference in how we respond and, and take in the archetypes as, as men and women, there is something. So that's an interesting, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think for most women, uh, this is my random guess, is that okay. most women, when they start doing the work in a safe communal environment, like attending dancing eros, would would uh, would feel instantly at home when they experience each of them. Whereas I feel like for men, understanding them first would make them would be like a great stepping stone to them. Wow. My experience has actually been a little bit different and because I've taught a lot of men as well, yeah, the, the archetypes, and, and this is really strange, but I actually experience it, that men have such a deep sensitivity, mm-hmm. like really deep, and it's like very underestimated in our like collective story. You know, it's almost like there's a, there's a bit of a collective story of like men are like oafs, you know, like they're just like, they just want to figure it out. And they're just like, and actually men are so sensitive. And I actually learned more about the feminine from um, initiating men. It was very, just because there was, and I feel like that's been robbed of men somehow, their, their, their actual deep wisdom that they have and, yeah, there, there was something there. So it's, yeah. it's interesting, you know. I'm, I'm, I think it's because I view it through the, I'm always looking at men in like the, the stereotype of a man yeah. and just going, how would the every man yeah. receive this work? Yeah. And I go, every man would probably 
benefit from understanding it first before they surrender into it. And yeah. I guess it's because I perceive the sort of men that would do dancing arrows to be a lot more mm-hmm. open than the mm-hmm. average dude mm-hmm. that's like. Yeah. But I th- I'm curious to know if the reason why you, yeah, because I'm super sensitive. Like I'm mm-hmm. really, really mm-hmm. sensitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's, you've learned more from men than women because mm-hmm. men have the masculine energy to be able to hold the feminine when they go in it and therefore yeah. have the ability to experience it. Yeah, potentially. I haven't completely landed on why that is the case. Um, I think there was also something about just seeing that energy move through like male bodies as well. It was like, whoa, okay, this is like, this it like completely scrambles the brain um in a way so yeah that there's there's something but i yeah that there's something i don't know exactly what it is that happens is what you're saying there that is what you're saying there that like because women often are expressing their femininity Mm. that it's we're used to seeing it Mm -hmm. often in you know, unhealthy ways or unsupported ways but mm-hmm. then when a man expresses it because of the contrast of how men are you would generally see a man express mm-hmm. himself it's, it's such a big contrast that it yeah. really points out well that's what yeah. it looks like to be feminine yeah yeah i think so i think that's it and i was actually just listening to a recording um before about devotion by this man Omrupani who I really love and he's he's very much about masculine and feminine stuff and he was he's an Indian man and he was saying that when he was a young boy in India when the men would be devoting themselves to Kali you know the goddess the, the goddess Kali they would dress up in female clothes and he asked his parents like why why are they dressing up in female clothes and they said well because devotion is a feminine energy and these men want to access more devotion in themselves as much as possible when they're worshiping the goddess kali so they're dressing like women and so yeah there's just like something about seeing a man go into devotional feminine energy it it like blows your circuits a little bit where you're like whoa that's pure that's what the feminine is you know um that's what the feminine is. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right. I've got another random question. It's a bit of a segue, but I feel yeah. like seeing that we're embracing the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so when I attended your last event and mm. I was uh, breaking down and you mm. were, I remember you pre-framed at this event, you are going to be participating uh, just like everyone else. And, yeah. This is our co-creation to have an experience of healing. And it was, mm-hmm. and then I was crying and breaking down and you came up to me and mm-hmm. did some healing work on me. What mm-hmm. did you, what did you feel like? What, mm-hmm. like what pulled you to do that? Yeah, it was really quite an amazing experience at that event from, from that place. So because yeah, I was, I was holding the event obviously. And then, um, I said, I pre-framed, okay, I'm going to just be letting go and having my own experience here. Uh, And once we've started the dance and the journey, you know, and then once the dance and the journey started, I realised that, and that was really, what I realised is there is actually a deep, real, authentic part of me that loves to serve and open people. And... So this idea that me experiencing that journey for myself meant I wasn't going to be opening and serving people was actually just a split in my own psyche around, I think we were talking about this before, we got on the podcast, right? around service and being who I am. Is it actually who I am wants to um, serve and open when it's appropriate and when it feels right and good. And so it was really amazing for me actually that that event because I just started realizing, oh, I want to ha- I want to be in a space where everyone's at their most open expression. And if well, I'm guided to um, be part of that with someone um, through whatever my own impulses are, then that's beautiful. You know, that's, that's, your authentic expression. that's my authentic expression. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, that was an experience that I had with you, like when I when I saw you there and felt you having a release, and I think you were at the feminine side actually. Yeah, you split the room to the masculine, feminine energy, and you were in the feminine side. My own feminine just wanted to come and embrace you, and just embrace you, and and hold you, and that that was it. That just didn't really have any other. <laughs> so it was just like seeing you. Um, I guess if I can be honest, and you're asking this publicly on your podcast, okay. my honesty. Um, Absolutely. What I experienced, and this is what I've experienced a lot, seeing the men as well going to the feminine is they don't. Um, they 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 actually haven't had an imprint so much of how to be really soft with themselves. Mm. So there can be this like because. Like they can be this like intense masculine trying to like heal, yeah. Right? So they're like, oh, come on, I've just got to fucking heal. And you, you know, I would see it. I'd see like men, you know, they're accessing their feminine. They'd start like beating their chest violently, you know. And I'd just be like, oh my god, and just be like crying, seeing like you don't don't have to be this aggression with yourself, you know. But that's mm. the gift of. I feel what women that can bring to men and can suit them um, in that way and then help them and support them, then access that softness inside of themselves as well. And we've got gifts for each other, you know, the masculine feminist gifts for each other. So I'm not like healing you really. I wasn't feeling like I was healing you. I was just allowing my own feminine energy that wanted to just hold you because I was perceiving you were a little being a little bit hard with yourself yeah. you know it was like oh this guy's like being harsh with himself like it doesn't have to be it can mm. can really be nurtured and it can be beautiful you know yeah. so that's where that was coming from for me yeah. Yeah. thank you thank you for yeah. doing that on that night and also yeah. that's exactly how I approach most feminine healings with a masculine yeah edge. Even yeah. if I feel like I need to release, I like yeah. this part I think is necessary for me, but I exhaust myself physically first so yeah. that the masculine can back off a bit yeah. and then I'll just allow it to come out. But the energy of me is like, I want to get the release. Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's, and then there's a, there's a, there's pressure around it and there's force around it. Yeah. Uh, I want to do that as well, you know, like with self-pleasure and things like that. It's like this rushing to the goal constantly, you know, like women and men do it. It's like goal-based ways of being in the world where it's like, oh, I need to get somewhere, I need to make this happen, I need to do this rather than actually like being, you know, opening to the moment and opening to life's own penetration and then it's like, oh, okay, like action or responsiveness comes from there. Mm, Yeah, and I can really relate even on that night to what you said about the, I'm going to give, create some space for me to, to be with myself and have my own experience for me. And then kind of intellectually separating the part of you that likes to serve outside of that, doing yeah. it for me. Cause I, I, I had the same experience that night. It's been a constant, uh, I kind of touched on it before we started the podcast as well. Whereas I love serving. Mm. However, intellectually I've gone and I've had some people suggest as well, it takes take some time for you. You don't have to do this and do that. Mm. And and then I've gone, oh yeah, the right thing to do is to not be serving at the moment, not be speaking, not be but that is that very much is nurtures me massively, nourishes me. It's so a part of me to serve and to speak and to do this podcast. Mm. Uh so I can relate to that a lot. Yeah. And I guess what what is there for me, because I have had a very big journey of uh letting go of the 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 teacher, the healer, the guide, the coach, the facilitator. It's been a massive, massive journey for me because I definitely was using that uh, way of being as a way of not, uh, you know, there there was a protective mechanism there um, in the sense of, yeah, just not really being able to be in the vulnerability of not being that and just being me and just, receiving and being seen and not being in control and all of that stuff. So um, I've definitely worked with that a lot and had a, had a lot of time actually not showing up um, as, as 
you know, a guide or a teacher and, and just showing up as me or as a student or as a, a friend or, as, you know, and I think there is something about having just a sense of clarity in your own being around when you're in those roles and when you're not. Mm-hmm. I do think there's something powerful about that and, and that event for me was actually realising, hang on, this is my event. Like mm. I'm holding the space here, even if I say I'm just going to enjoy with all of you. It was actually more a little bit of my shadow. That's why I was saying because I because I was like I just want to enjoy this for myself. It's like I actually love serving and I'm here to serve. This is my event, so I want to open the room as much as possible. Mm. Um, but actually, if I go to someone else's event, um, I'm in a different energy. Like I'm dynamic it's there's a different thing and I think it's very very powerful important to just know okay I'm in I'm in that part of myself now and I'm in this part of myself all I have all parts of myself sometimes I'm initiating and healing and sometimes I'm just being me and and sometimes I'm receiving teachings from someone and ultimately I'm still me all the way through it but there is like a different frequencies of um power or yeah, there's something different and, I, and that was a huge, huge learning for me a couple of years ago when I had a major breakdown because I realised I didn't know. I didn't know when I was in a role and when I wasn't. I didn't know. And so I had all these friends who were kind of my students as well and there was just like a lot of confusion in my system around it and I had to do a huge amount of like healing work and integrating myself and now I feel much more able to, there still can be a fluidity, but I, I can also sense where I am in relation to other people. It's like, oh, is this person more of my student right now or is this person more of my teacher or are we actually dropping into equal space? And maybe some relationships, there's a fluidity with that and we move in between, but I'm aware in each moment of where I am in relation to that person and that's very healthy for the psyche, I think, um, because otherwise we're acting from roles or we're, you know, there's just stuff going on there that's not really clean. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. And, and I was definitely using it, using my title of like, this is who I am. This is where my self-worth comes from. This is where yeah. I'm safe and I'm in control yeah. and I'm, I'm playing this. And I want to play that same role of like teacher, leader mm. everywhere, not just be able to, not just for my sake, but for my friend's sake, my family's mm-hmm. sake, let my hair down and just be how I authentically felt like. I yeah. desired to be in that moment. And yeah. one thing that's helped me, which is is naming it, naming, especially if I'm working with clients saying or staff going, I can, I've got my business owner's hat, I've got my mentor yes. hat, and I've got my yeah. friend hat. And so yeah. sometimes, so yeah. hey, I need to have a chat with you. You haven't paid your thing. I've got my business owner hat. You're a customer. Pay yeah. your thing. Well, I also have my friend hat and friend hat or mentor and mentee hat. And I used to use my mentor and I used to use my mentor hat a lot when it came to business customer relating things. I'd be like, well, if you were most empowered, you'd be blah, blah, blah. But it's like, that's not appropriate, which is why the awareness now I'm like, yeah, you know what? It's not, that's not okay. I'm going to put on my mentor mentee hat when you've paid me to do so. Yeah. Up until that point, it's, salesperson prospect or mm-hmm. business owner uh, mm-hmm. employee and just understanding those different dynamics has been mm-hmm. allowed me to feel more in integrity with myself because I'm not crossing all the crossing yeah. the, the different roles as you said yeah totally or if yeah. I am I'm choosing to yes exactly because emerging does happen sometimes it's natural it's like that's natural that's organic that's how nature works like things are feeding into each other so this idea of then separating them too much i think is also damaging too so this is the paradox of life there's never actually ever one set way to do anything one right way one wrong way and we're always trying to make it so but it's actually not true and 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 so that like fluidity between them is also um, something I'm coming a bit more back to now is recognizing, hang on, like if you're in my business, like it's because I fucking love you and I care about you and I'm not just like some cutthroat like person. It's actually like deeply intimate for me to be in in a business relationship with someone or anything. There's intimacy everywhere. So, you know, that's also 
really important too. So it, it's a, it's such an amazing dance of like I think we're just continually moving between polarities constantly. In lives, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's so healthy. I think yeah. it's just when someone doesn't have the awareness that it mm-hmm. becomes a problem. Like I'm, yeah. I've got a new staff member starting tomorrow mm. who I just get along with so well. We're so similar. He's a videographer and we're planning on traveling together and doing video work while I'm traveling. Oh. And we could easily go into friends mode. And if I didn't have awareness of where they came in then he's like look man i'm just gonna go do this this and this and i'm like mate we've got work to do and mm-hmm. i never understood the difference between mm-hmm. the the roles it could cause uh an, a, a feeling of abruptness or confusion on his part because he's like we're always relating like this now you're acting like this mm-hmm. i don't know how i'm meant to respond to this and mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and anyway, i've got a random another segue question okay <laughs> <laughs> which is um yeah you this work that you're, I know that you're opening up and spending a lot of time on your own practices at the moment, but I'm really mm. curious to know, based on all your experience up until this point, what do you hope that your work does for the world? Like, what are you hoping that, like, what do you hope that this work with the feminine, what's your ideal of uh, the healing that comes from this or how you impact the world with this work? Yeah, well, to be honest, I uh, am, as you, you know, said, like I'm, I'm actually working a lot with my own energy right now and restoring that deeply because what I see, and this is also, Eros originally came just because I wanted to dance sexy with my friends, like, and because I saw that there was healing for me to have there. I, like, wanted to deepen my relationship with women. I wanted to... Um, yeah, I, I saw that this like erotic energy was like giving me more confidence and there was something in the feminine there. And then it turned into this like big, uh, a much bigger thing. And everyone was having all these healing experiences and all this stuff was happening, but it was never actually my intention to like change the world or impact the world in big ways. Like it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm kind of returning back to that place a little bit right now where it's like recognizing that, you know, what they say, like be the change you want to see in the world. And it's like, I'm just like, I want to actually completely embody uh, the change. And then that's going to be the ripple effect. That's going to be the ripple effect in whatever I do then, whether I do something so small or whether I do something big, I am embodying who I, the, the highest expression of myself. So yeah. I guess I'm going to answer the question from that way, in a way. It's like, yeah. well, what expression do I want to be? In and then that's actually what, I, what, what I'm going to be rippling out, I suppose. And yeah, That's exactly what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. After, after you said your first part of the response. Yeah. I'm curious and, to know what you think the, uh, well, yeah, what that, I'm curious to know what you think the benefit for you is mm. of embodying the feminine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Beautiful. Totally. For me, deep, deep, deep relaxation and rest in the, mm. in the nervous system. Mm. So nothing that I'm doing is, is, is fighting the current of life. Mm. So I am one with the rhythms of nature and being, I'm like surfing those waves. I'm, 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 I'm in flow with existence. There's, I'm not fighting up against existence, trying to be in my own little mind about how I think things are meant to go. I'm actually in relationship and guidance by something bigger and how that is, how I know that is my body is deeply relaxed, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm responsive to life. I'm responsive to life. I'm experiencing joy by what I'm doing. Things feel really good. And even when they feel bad, they feel I'm feeling. It's like I'm actually deeply feeling my experience. I'm intimately connected with my experience. If I'm feeling grief, I'm intimately connected to that grief. If I'm feeling rage, I'm intimately connected to the rage. If I'm feeling joy, yes. 
I'm intimately connected to the joy and happiness. So there's like an intimate relationship um, with my feelings and my body and with others. You know, I'm, I'm, I have intimacy with others. There's no experiences where I'm just like, oh, yeah, how are you? Like, yeah, yeah, look, I've got shit to do. So, you know, blah, 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 you know, this just like rushing through life. It's like actually everything I'm doing, this intimacy and closeness, whether I'm just like going and getting a drink at a cafe or something, or if I'm like with my partner or with a friend, it's like I'm, I'm like actually so present with that and so real and true with that um intimacy feels like the big piece you know and it's not about intimacy of like having lots of sex or something it's intimacy in the sense of i am deeply feeling myself feeling another and experiencing the ultimate capacity of um, my incarnated form you know <laughs> the full spectrum of myself the full spectrum of myself and i'm awakened and alive in that and that's what eros is right like eros is life force eros is is the current of life force Mm. and i'm experiencing that in my body and in my being wow yeah so that's what i'm here for and then that will ripple out to everyone else and that's how eros started and then over the uh, actually lost my way because i was told by so many people this works amazing we need to like get strategy for it we need to like this is going to be a global thing blah, blah blah there was like so much um externalized uh like um taking away from the essence that then I'm not a victim to that. I obviously had that inside of myself as well, right? That needed to, I needed to go through. Um, but in the journey right now, I'm like, oh, this is just about, it's always just about you. It's always just about you. And then that naturally overflows into um, whatever you touch becomes, is, is impacted by your own um, vibration, your own um, source. The other quote, like, you know, what does it say? Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive because the world, what the world needs is more people who are alive. Mm. So. So powerful. Yeah. Rather than what does the world need? I just think that a lot of that is actually just like trauma and it's our little child wanting to be met by life and wanting to change everyone else so we feel safe. Yes. Can relate. Have you seen the movie Soul? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's massively about that deeply relating and presence with life. I've yes, got yeah. a lot from that. Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah, amazing. So when you took a time period of, I think you had an extended period of time off social media, mm. was, was, was there a similar intention behind it? to be able to find yourself was that yeah yeah i think it was because i like i had a lot of um like public figure energy quite young as well then too so i was like because there was like this innocent starting point with it but then i was suddenly like oh i'm responsible for all these people i'm this leader i'm this like i've got this like big persona around me that i like also really um enjoyed having because it kept me really safe from the world so i was actually also needing that um but it was really clear that almost just destroy my leader identity for a while and really back off from that because i was hiding behind it there was a lot of safety in it for me that wasn't really serving or nourishing me and uh it was really powerful for me to be offline and it was part of that as well of just going who am i when i'm i don't have all of that stuff when i'm not I'm not sharing anything. I'm not giving any of these experiences to others. I'm not, I was just having these amazing experiences just with myself and cultivating that inner connection and knowing that that, that was also enough, you know, that I don't need to constantly be giving it out all straight away um, Mm. in order to be worthy or in order to, 
uh, you know, validate myself in some way that actually just this experience in itself uh, is is powerful and um, valuable, you know. And I think that's part of the, the feminine too is there's an inherent value in your being just through who you are rather than what you do or what you've achieved or any of that just your being is valuable just because you are, exist just your essence mm. and um, that was definitely a part of it for me in, in being offline in in having all these experiences that didn't have any external uh, validation mm. yeah so how old were you when you started dancing eros i was 25 mm. yeah that's really young and before then, I'd already started being a creatress, public figure, because I created Sex Camp before then, for a couple of years before then. So I kind of started to move into worlds like that at like 22, 23, something wow. like that. So, yeah. and yeah, I mean, I, I, I've studied like fame dynamics a lot now over the journey, like gone and really done research into what happens through fame. And even though I wasn't like, Honestly, at the level of like Britney Spears or something, I had my own mini version of that. Like people knew me, and I didn't know them. And people would talk about me and what I was doing. And there was an energy or a persona around me that um, became bigger than my own sense of self. My own, um, my, and that's what that's what the fame dynamic does. And that's why you see those child stars have those breakdowns and things like that there's a whole psychology in it um it creates this like split in your in who, who you know yourself to be internally without any of that and yeah this this energy becomes bigger than you and if you identify with that and this part isn't strong enough and this part still has trauma and it's like it's a recipe for disaster you know so yeah that was definitely what happened to me in my own mini version you know i got to have my britney spears breakdown yeah that's, that's really interesting that's really interesting so yeah. so the the antidote so to speak is to to know who you are and to feel grounded and congruent and authentic in who you are so that that is constantly you're constantly coming back to that in the yeah. way that you relate with the persona that other people view yeah 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 but that then doesn't have anything to do with you the persona yeah doesn't the persona has nothing to do with you people mm. it, it's, it's it's a mirage in a way and people and the people's projections or perceptions can kind of go in and hit that mirage, but ultimately mm. you're you're here and knowing who you are. And um, because the bigger you get, the more you you can't control what people are saying or thinking about you. You can't mm. do that. So you have to know your own integrity and know who you really are, and know mm. that you're like in full alignment with yourself and that. There are people who really care about and know who you are personally, not the blah, blah, like they know you and you know you and there's that that is untouchable with all of the rest and I just needed a lot of time to connect to that and I'm still not at that. Like my sense is I probably will have more public energy at some point. I just think it's part of my path but I don't really care as well. I don't need it. You're detached. I just have a different value set. Yeah, so I'm, I feel like I may have quite a um, public figure energy in the world again at some point just because it's, I think, part of my path. Yeah. But I honestly don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if I do or don't. And I think that's where power it, it really is. Like I do not care if I am a complete nobody. I I, I don't have any need to change the world, any need to be some global person. Like I, I just don't have any of that now. And because, because I trust that I'm where I need to be and I trust that I'll impact as I'm meant to and that life will invite me to do that if that's what I'm meant to do. And I don't need to make that happen because the desire to make it happen is coming from like my own feeling that I'm not enough just as I am right now, making a tea and having a chat with you and going to the yarn. Yeah, it's like that's just yeah. Yeah. 
And when you say you would move in that direction, if that's where life's pulling you, mm-hmm. life pulling you could be a desire internally to start moving in that direction as well, right? Yeah, I think so. I still think the creation coming from true impulse inside of like, oh, this this lights me up to create this is um is is definitely a, a true thing that happens for people. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. But I, I still think it's something like that would that yeah that that lights me up. You know, there's this I'm lit up by this. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one thing that you're aware of that you do that is also quite, it's just one of your superpowers, which we spoke oh, yeah. about at the end of the event, which I'd love for you to talk to and just decode it a little bit, which is your courage. Cause I'm massive on courage. And if you like go back to the Latin root word of courage, it comes from the word core, which means heart. And mm-hmm. I just really resonate with that because I feel mm-hmm. as though where you're getting pulled next is often into a space that you've never been before, which means that your nervous system is going to feel a sense of fear because it feels yeah. unsafe because it's unfamiliar. And so yeah. you're always going to require courage to allow your heart to pull you in the direction that you're, mm-hmm. that it's desiring to go. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you did at all stages of your journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can relate to that as well. But yeah. Talk to me about how you, are able to overcome fear and be so courageous. <laughs> I still like totally. I'm like I still. I, I still feel like I. You know what I think it is. I actually think. Um, so, for example, I went to this uh, big party yesterday. This big day party. There was like a couple of hundred people there, and you know, with I think with all these COVID times, it's like. I'm not actually used to big gatherings like that, really. Um, it's, like, been quite a while since I've been in an environment with so many people. Mm. And and I was, like, experiencing, like, major social anxiety in the first, like, it was definitely in the first half an hour to 45 minutes and then halfway through I had another moment of experiencing it. And, but I stayed with it. And so rather than like thinking that courage, you know, you're not going to be scared, you know, it's like, it's like actually I was having major social anxiety because I'm a super sensitive person. There was so many energy, so many people there. I was like, this is full on. Uh, I stayed, I stayed, I sat with it, I breathed through it. I shared with a couple of people who I knew that I was experiencing. They're like, oh, me too, you know, so it was like, because everyone's fucking shit scared basically. That's just like the nature of being a human being is it's terrifying. And uh, <laughs> so, so and vulnerable to to just exist, to live is to be vulnerable because it means you could die. And yeah, so I think yeah, for me, it's it's like a willingness to keep feeling fear really and keep going. Okay, like I'm going to feel this, and I'm not going to like ram through it. I'm not going to like charge charge through the fear, but it's like I'm willing to feel fear and uncomfortable feelings and keep holding them and sitting with it and moving gently towards whatever that is, stirring that up or, or whatever. Actually, it's not moving towards what it is that's stirring it up because that can be very like self-punishing actually. Like then you, that's a recipe for like getting in terrible relationships things like that it's like oh, i'm really triggered by this person i'm going to go towards them it's like yeah, you always have to do that but i think in the sense of like what your true desire is often where your true desire is it's also really scary and vulnerable um so like to keep moving towards the desire even when there's like a lot of shakiness or um uncomfortableness of whatever it is so i, I feel like that's a big piece is like a willingness to be uncomfortable a willingness to be uncomfortable and yeah to stay in that because you know what the ultimate goal is like there's a reason for that uncomfortability it's not just self-punishing it's like okay I want to have deeper intimacy with this person so I'm willing to have a really uncomfortable conversation with them because I love them and I care about them and I care about having clean conscious intimacy with them so I'm going to have an uncomfortable conversation, even though I feel fucking awkward. This is really 
terrible and I feel super vulnerable. But the biggest reason I'm in that uncomfortability is for intimacy. And so the same with any other desire, like say you've got some desire to create some project or something like that. It's like so dear to your heart. You know, it's like really, you really want to do that. Okay, well, then you have to be willing to also deal with the like uncomfortable sides of that as well and the parts of feeling scared or unworthy or whatever it is because you know what the ultimate goal is. Why? You know, that that doesn't bypass it, but it like transmutes you out of the other stuff that is there as well. Yeah, Yeah. totally relate. I can also totally relate to purposely putting myself, punishing myself by getting myself to move towards the pain when there wasn't that alignment there. And I really resonate with aligned discomfort. It's like, Mm. it feels expansive, but it scares me. If it felt contracted and then it scares me, then Mm. why the hell would I do Mm. it? Mm. Exactly. But you still like with so much courage and I, it's yeah i i guess knowing that it's normal and that fearless is not a thing like people are, you're no. fearless it's like no i'm just courageous uh, like i honestly feel like i'm one i'm so vulnerable like i'm such a vulnerable person actually i really am and i really feel that's the, actually like it's the key like that courage energy that i've got is because i'm like such a vulnerable person like i'm actually like they're the same somehow my willingness to really yeah my level of fragility that i have um you know like i've i've had like a mental illness diagnosis like i'm i you know i've had a big journey i'm it's a big journey to be me you know (laughs) it's a big journey and it's not like i'm some superstar actually like i've struggled a lot with the level of sensitivity that i have a lot um yeah interesting as well with the concept of if you're trying to sell someone and the idea of being more vulnerable and open and experiencing greater feeling and not suppressing things. There's obviously all the joy that comes. My mm. best friend is obsessed with this idea because he was he was shut off for a while, but a really emotional dude. And then he's let it out and he's like, I was seeing the world in black and white. And now I'm seeing it in color. That's the difference. <laughs> and he's always selling people on the idea. It's not that appeal. Like if someone's really desiring control, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, hey, you're going to now, now that you open up, you're going to be a lot more sensitive to everything that comes up. Kind of yeah. like, for someone whose intention is to get logical outcomes. It's it's a a big one. Yeah, and that's often why pain is the the great initiator and like some tragedy will have to happen for people or, you know, they'll have to lose everything or Mm. some breakdown has to happen externally. You know, their love, their life leaves them, their business goes bankrupt, like something has to happen externally. Life has to come in and go, all right, you weren't willing to do it yourself, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to make you do it. Uh, I'm going to make you crack open from that. And that's, yeah, why why those healing crises, crises are so powerful. Yeah, that's beautiful. This has been such a nice conversation. I, <laughs> I've got one more question I'd like to ask before we cool. wrap up the interview and then keep the deep and meaningfuls rolling. Um, but, yeah. Before I ask that last question, I I really just wanted to honor you, Vanessa, for being such a willing, open, embodied leader that's genuinely doing the work at the expense of what society celebrates at this stage Mm -hmm. so that you can be a more fulfilled human for yourself and therefore allow that to cascade and overflow to others. Like I really Mm -hmm. see you doing the work and I really appreciate that Mm -hmm. to honor you for that. So thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pleasure. Cool. So my last question is, and it's a random question, and you're going to have to pretend you value money to be able to answer so, <laughs> so someone comes up to you, you don't know anything about them, whether a man, woman, how old they are, but they've got a briefcase and they're like, look, I've got a million dollars for you and I want to gift it to you because I want to attribute a huge amount of value to your wisdom. But in exchange for the million dollars, what I want is is what you would perceive to be the most valuable objective piece of wisdom or practice or advice that you could possibly give me. And what's the most valuable thing you could teach? And how long have I got to teach them? It's like something that you could answer, kind of give the wisdom now. But if it's something that requires greater depth, that's okay. As long as it's kind of like a a specific concept. (laughs) This is such an interesting question. Right. But it's not like an ongoing mentorship. So if you're like, okay, I'll work with you for like half an hour or an hour like i, I still i do feel like you know how long yeah, have i okay. got half an hour <laughs> half an hour 
<laughs> okay, so I'm doing dollars half an hour and they want like the ultimate thing I could teach them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What would you teach them? Oh, wow, wow. Is it a man or a woman? Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> it's objective. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of value in the I think there's a lot of value in the fact that you're laughing about this because the people that are listening are like, come on, tell me the thing. But the reason that Vanessa's laughing so much is because it's so such a journey that there's not going to be one thing that actually no, there's you know? never any one size fits all. So if I was in the deepest service to that person, right, like that person's like giving me a million dollars and they're like, I want you to give me the, the deepest wisdom that you can give me in this set of time, I would be deeply feeling into them and, and what they're needing in that moment and, and offering them um, the deepest thing that I could give them in that time so to be like oh well this is the meaning of life or blah 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 I definitely do that that's so that's just so not how that would that's not of greatest service it's just like some quickie cutter experience for everyone and every yeah so yeah it's a really and and in this situation if you had to channel (laughs) yes and if you had to channel in and just be like okay what do i feel is like a piece of wisdom that i could drop that regardless of whether they're male or female and not knowing anything about them what would would it be if you're being called to be of service in that context oh well i'll just go with what's coming out now i guess totally so one of the the things i that just came through is just like you are beautiful and so divinely perfect just as you are right now there's nothing you need to be there's nothing you need to do there's nothing you need to try for or push for or make happen you just as you are right now your being is perfect perfect whatever you're feeling whatever you're experiencing there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing you need to do that's beautiful I received that. <laughs> so I bought you for the million dollars or yeah. <laughs> send you an invoice? The suitcase is on its way over. I pay money, by the way. I'm not like anti-money. Yeah, totally. You know, you can be fulfilled without it. Yeah. Beautiful, Vanessa. Thank you for that. Thank you for an awesome chat. And thanks for coming on the interview. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to having you on for many more chats in the future. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for tuning into the Ryan Magic Show, you absolute legend. Before you go, I've got a quick question for you. Have you thought about hiring a new coach to help you grow your life and your business? If the answer is yes, then shoot me a message on Instagram. I've got some exciting new coaching courses launching and I'm actually looking at bringing on a couple more one-to-one clients at the moment. So shoot me a message on Instagram. My Insta handle is the Ryan Magic, and I can't wait to chat to you and I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode.